Hey, thanks for joining us this week on the Trinity Baptist Church Podcast. I'm Andrew, and I'm so excited for what we've got planned for the next seven weeks. Pastor Ralph, Pastor Winston, Pastor Nathan, they've all gotten together and they've been studying the I Am's of Jesus Christ. And this is a series that we just finished up at Trinity right at the end of the year, right before Christmas. And we're so excited to bring it to you here on the podcast. And we can't wait for you guys to hear these. Hey, let us know that you're listening this week. Call the church office, area code 828-254-2187. Let the ladies in the office know that you're listening to the podcast. Uh, Or you can send us an email. You can go to the website, tbcashville.org, and there you'll find all our contact information. You can even send out a little form on there and shoot us an email and let, let us know that you listened and have been enjoying the podcast. I'm excited. Pastor Winston, Pastor Nathan, Pastor Ralph, they're all excited about this. Let's get started with Pastor Winston, I Am The Door. Turn in your Bibles to the book of John. The book of John, chapter number 10. As we mentioned Wednesday night, we'll begin a seven-part series. The title of this series is Knowing the I Am. These words, I am, are a very important description of who God is. And it covers many, many different types of the personality of God. The I am is one of the greatest, most powerful declarative statements of the Old Testament as well as the New Testament. I turn in my Bible. You don't have to turn there. We'll come back quickly to John chapter 10 But I find in my Bible in Exodus chapter 3 an incredible story of Moses and the burning bush. And in Exodus chapter 3, I go to verse number 2. The Bible says this in Exodus 3 verse 2. And the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a flame. This is on your screen for your ease of reading. And the angel of the Lord appeared unto him into a flame of fire out of the midst of a bush. And he looked and behold the bush burned with fire, and the bush was not consumed. And when the Lord saw that he turned aside to see, this is verse 4, God called unto him out of the midst of the bush and said, Moses, Moses. And he said, here I am. We go down to verse 14. God has told Moses, you will go to Pharaoh. You will tell him to let my people go. And Moses in his human uh, element, in his fallen nature, He tells God, how will I do that? How is that possible? Pharaoh is the ruler. There's no way he'll ever listen to me. And God answers Moses and says this, And God said unto Moses, I am that I am. And he said, Thus shalt thou say unto the children of Israel, I am hath sent you. I am hath sent you. I am, in this case, is not an adjective. This is a person The I Am. Fast forward into the New Testament. We've seen the Old Testament background of the I Am. And we go all the way into the Gospel of John. And I find myself in the 8th chapter of the Gospel of John. In the 57th verse, Jesus there in Jerusalem near the temple, He says these words, Then Jesus, then the Jews said unto Him, the Jews are talking to Jesus, Thou art not yet fifty years old, and hast thou seen Abraham? And Jesus said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, 
before Abraham was, I am. Now these Jews knew what I am stood for. They knew what it represented, Will. They knew the gravity of the statement that the Son of God was making there outside of the temple in Jerusalem. And it angered them so, as you can see in verse 59, then took they up stones to cast at him. But Jesus hid himself and went out of the temple, going through the midst of them, and so passed by. We know in John chapter 4, Jesus is at the well with the Samaritan woman. He tells her many things. In John chapter 4 and verse 26, Jesus tells the woman, The woman said unto him, I know that Messiah cometh, which is called Christ. When he is come, he will tell us all things. And Jesus said unto her, I that speak unto thee am he. He was giving a preliminary peek into this woman's life. She was allowed to see that he was getting ready to make the statement, I am, I am. Then we get to John chapter 8 and he says it, I am. The book of John, the gospel of John has two questions for the reader, really two principal questions for the reader. Number one is who is Jesus? And number two, what do I do with the words and the teachings and the personality of Jesus Christ? And for us as a church family going forward in 2020, you can look and see all around you in your culture, in your work, in your school, in your lives, and in the lives of your family, a culture that is unstable, a society that is unstable. But if we're going to go forward and we're going to make it as a church, and in 2030, if the doors of this church are going to be open, it's going to be because the people who make up this church realize with great urgency that the only hope this church has is the gospel of Jesus Christ in its entirety preached without apology. It is the only hope that you have for your family today. It is not the Republican Party in which your hope should be in today. It is not the Democratic Party in which your hope should be in today. It's not an incumbent. It's not an independent. Your only hope that you have today is in the person of the Lord Jesus Christ and the power of the gospel of Jesus Christ to change lives. But for us to go forward and understand what the gospel is and who the person about the gospel is talking about, we must understand the I am. A more intimate, a better understanding of just who it is Jesus really is. Not culture's definition of Christ, not a far left idea that Jesus was some sort of weak character. No, no, no. Jesus is strong. He is mighty. He was powerful and he is God and he is alive. And it's the only hope we have as a church. But if we're going to go forward and we're going to live out the gospel in our lives and in our way of talking and way of thinking and the way of raising our families and even coming to church, we must know who Jesus is. And in the Bible, in the gospel of John, there are seven great I am's, seven statements that Jesus said. The first that we're going to explore in the next seven weeks is today, I am the door. I am the door. Next week you'll hear about the great shepherd and you'll hear the next week about the light of the world, the resurrection and the life, the bread of life. There are incredible truths for all of us in God's word and a concentration for the next seven weeks 
in John's Gospel to feed our souls. We desperately need to get closer to Jesus than we ever have before. I want to know more about Him each and every day. I draw close to Him. I want to be intimate with Him. And I want Him to control every aspect of my life. Somebody say amen. I need Jesus today. And so for us, we're going to explore what would seem to be a very simple understanding. I am the door. We understand that Jesus made this statement in John 8. He's saying, I am. Now he's going to break down in seven parts what it means to be I am. Go with me to John chapter 10 and verse number 7. Then Jesus unto them again saying, Verily, verily, I say unto you, I am the door of the sheep. All that ever came before me are thieves and they are robbers, but the sheep did not hear them. I am the door. By me, if any man enter in, he shall be saved and shall go in and out and find pasture. The thief cometh not but for to steal, to kill, and destroy. I am come that they may have life and have life more abundantly." On your screen in just a moment, you will see a picture of a sheepfold. This is a sheepfold from Bible Times. And if you have the insert from your bulletin, you'll see this as the top image. That way you can take this home, put it in your personal library. And, and for the next seven weeks, I would encourage you to keep up with these because this is going to be a great resource going forward for you to remember the seven IMs of the book of John. But this is what Jesus is speaking of. This is the sheepfold of Bible times. And Brother Mark, you can see it's circular. You can see this is where the sheep stay. And what Jesus is telling you and me that if you belong to me, number one, the good news is you belong in this fold, this area of protection. This is your place that we'll call God's will for your life. This is where you're supposed to be if you belong to Jesus. And Jesus is telling the disciples and those that are listening here in Jerusalem as He's talking is that He's saying, I am the door to the sheep. And what He's referring to is this opening here in the stone. What it would be is a uh, nighttime job, if you will, a subcategory of the shepherd. Shepherd is a whole different job. It's the daytime responsibilities of the man who's over the flock. The door is a nighttime specific control in and out, safety, security, position within shepherdhood. And Jesus was telling the disciples, I'm going to be your shepherd, but before we even get to shepherd, let's talk about being the door of protection for you. And so you can see what Jesus was talking about. The, the door would lay there across that opening, His face towards the flock facing in, His back to what was coming behind. His focus wasn't what was on the outside. His focus was what was on the inside. His little sheep. And Jesus is telling you and me today, if you belong to me, you rest in my will inside of this fold. And at the door, there is a vast, rich, beautiful picture of what it means to be a Christian. And I'm afraid, ladies and gentlemen, and this is just one example that I think I can give, it's like we've been written a spiritual check for a billion dollars, and yet... We continue to go to the dollar menu and complain that we don't have enough money spiritually. There is a vast wealth of peace and knowledge and comfort and understanding that comes from what the door is. As Christians spiritually, we are very blessed and we are rich with the goodness of God. Amen? And so the door, who is the door? What is the door? 
It's just simply a door, correct? Well, there's so much more in this. In this door, you're going to find four things this morning. And it's four things that if you would like to, as you take notes, they're already there for you. You can fill this out and take it with you. But the first thing you're going to find at the door, the door will refer to the rest of the message as the door, but I'm speaking of the Lord Jesus Christ, the door, the I am. At this door, the first thing you will find is perfect peace. Perfect peace each and every day for your life. It doesn't mean that your life is going to be perfect. It doesn't mean that things are going to be hard and difficult and that your heart's not going to be broken and that there's not going to be burdens of life. That's not what we're saying. But there is peace that passes all understanding knowing that you can rest at the door of the person of Jesus Christ. There is perfect peace today for you in the person of Jesus. And understanding and studying out what this door position was. One of the most beautiful things I read was that the smaller sheep, the younger sheep, when they would get inside the fold, it would be their instinct, Josh, to go find the door and get as close to him as possible. The little sheep, the young ones, they wanted to be close to his body heat. They wanted to be able to smell them as he slept. They wanted to be as close to the door as they possibly could when it was time to go to bed because there was great Peace that came from knowing that the door was there. Great peace knowing that Jesus is in control of your life. And some of you here today, gloriously by God's grace, you've been saved recently. You're a brand new creature in Christ. May I encourage you as a little sheep, a young sheep that is now a part of the family of God in the fold to get as close to the door as you possibly can in the most intimate way you can imagine. Run to the door and find comfort. There is perfect peace at the door. What's wonderful about this perfect peace is that it is for you and it is for me. It's not a group thing. Although it's open to anyone, it is personal peace that comes by knowing who's at the door. We live in a culture, we live in a society that scientists and medical doctors tell us we're the most depressed, we're the most anxious, we're the most sad, we're the most confused culture in history. All the great vast wealth that God's given the United States, technology, freedom, liberty, all these things that God's given us. And yet, even though we've been given more, we seem to be less satisfied. And I'm thankful today that there are medical doctors and there is medicine for people that need it. And there are psychologists and psychiatrists. That's not what I'm saying. But may I offer this to you today? You will never ever not one time find the type of peace that you will find in the person of Jesus Christ that you will find in a pill or a person. There is a greater peace that you'll never be able to find anywhere else than with Jesus Christ. It's an exclusive peace. It's a peace that only belongs to those who belong to Him. And it is a powerful, perfect peace resting at the door of Jesus Christ. Your fear, your doubt, your panic attacks, your anxiety has zero power over the door. Let me say it again. Your fear, your anxiety, your panic attacks has zero power over the door because the door is Jesus Christ who is in control of everything. And for you today as children of God that belong in the fold, there is perfect peace. You say, Pastor Winston, life is hard. Life is tough. You don't understand what I've been through. No, I maybe don't understand what you've been through. But I can promise you this. Jesus does. 
He knows. And there is perfect peace in the person of Jesus Christ. Amen? I worked EMS for 11 years before I got into ministry as a full-time position. And I saw hundreds of people come to their demise. Some of it in their own hand. Some of it natural. Some of it the most sad narrative and story for a life you could ever imagine. Pastor Zach, uh, one of our pastors, is still very much involved in that profession as a chief officer. And he understands that and sees it. Many of you are in law enforcement, fire, EMS, EOC. You all have been a part of that and understand what I'm talking about. But there was a time in my life, Pastor Jason, where I wasn't where I needed to be. I was outside of the fold. I wasn't in God's will for my life. And through this job working EMS as a paramedic, I would go to many, many, many 911 calls. More 911 calls than I even want to talk about or think about. Can I get an amen? Amen. You would go to these calls and there would be this incredible stark difference in people's lives. A tragedy had hit or maybe their bodies are sick. And the way that people would respond to the tragedy, the incident, or the sickness was incredible. And I can remember at one point in my life, God was absolutely hammering me. Winston, when are you going to do what I've called you to do? Winston, when are you going to stop worrying about what people think? Winston, when are you going to surrender to do what I've called you to do? And it was a Tuesday morning, right at shift change. It was 8 o'clock. I hadn't even had my coffee yet. I'm coming on shift. I sign for drugs. I get in the uh, truck and we go on the call. And it's to a nursing home. And I get to the nursing home, Micah. And we go for heart problems. A 94-year-old little lady having heart problems. And I think, well, she's 94 years old. I can imagine what's, there's something going on. We'll go in and check her out. We'll take her to the hospital and we'll love on her. We get to the room. We load her up on the stretcher. We get her to the truck. And this little lady, her heart was starting to slowly, slowly stop, Brother Elmer. Life had run its course in this precious lady's body. 94 years old. And Miss Margaret, do you know what I noticed about it? This lady knew what was coming. She knew that this was the end of her life here. But what drove me insane was the level of peace and comfort that was on her face. She knows she's dying. She's told me she's going to die. Yet there's this look on her face like, so what? And, and I couldn't process that. And then the Holy Spirit of God began to knock. And as I talked to this lady on the way to the hospital, she said, Sir, would you hold my hand and would you sing a hymn to me? And I'm not living right. I'm not where I'm supposed to be. And this 94-year-old little preacher is asking me to sing a hymn. I'm blown away at how the Lord used that opportunity. I took her little hand and with a glove on, I held her hand and I hummed to the best of my ability, Amazing Grace. And between Sweeten Creek and Mission Hospital, that 94-year-old little lady took her last breath on this earth and because of the perfect peace she found waiting for her at the door, she closed her eyes and went into eternity. Ladies and gentlemen, you can't make that up. You can't buy that at the store. You can't read enough self-help books to get the kind of peace that it takes to die with that comfort. That only comes from a relationship with the door. 
perfect peace at the door. Philippians 4, 7 says, And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and your minds, here it is, through the door, through Christ Jesus the Lord. Secondly, we find, we not only have the perfect peace, but we have powerful protection. Powerful, powerful protection. I go to verse 9, what Jesus, these are the words of Jesus, and He says, I am the door by me. If any man enter, he shall be saved and shall go in and out and find pasture. When I first looked at this study, I thought, well, maybe Jesus was implying that the sheep should never leave the fold. No, but more study shows that the sheep do go in and out. But what the fold does and what the door does is He sets boundaries and limitations. The door sets boundaries and limitations. Little sheep, you can go outside when the door says it's time to go outside. You will need food. You will need water. And it's okay for you to go out. But when I say it's time to come back in, you've got to come back to where you belong because it's getting dark outside. And there's a great, great truth there for all of us. Being a part of God's family, being a Christian, one of the greatest blessings you have in your life are the boundaries and the limitations, not of legalism, not of Baptist doctrine, but of God's Word. Limitations and boundaries. I praise God for parents who understood what limitations and boundaries were. Sometimes they could have done a little bit more limitation and boundary and it had been okay. I can remember being a missionary's kid in Costa Rica sitting on a Friday night in a chair in the living room. At that point in time, you don't have MP3 players. You have to have a CD player, teenagers, an actual CD player with actual headphones that have a cord. I'm not talking about wireless beats. A cord CD player. I'll Google it. And I've got that in my lap. And Scott, I've got music blaring I mean, it is so loud. It's, an, it's a miracle that I can hear to this day. And this music is playing. I think, well, old dad's gone to bed. I'm going to sit here. I'm going to chill. Uh, Costa Rica breeze is blowing. And uh, I'm going to listen to my music and do what I want to do, how I want to do it. But I found out that dad hadn't gone to bed. Dad was still up. And he probably could hear Mark, the music from around the corner. That's how loud it was, truly. And my dad comes over to me and says, let me listen to what you're listening to. And I, I told 8 o'clock service, I'm scrambling to try to find like a Rochester CD to throw in there real quick. Let me get the Rochesters dialed up. Yeah, there you go, Dad. But I didn't have time. And Dad puts on this music that I had no business listening to. He hits play. It blows his eardrums out. He turns it down. And then he listens for like a really awkward 35 to 40 seconds. I'm going, oh, no. Not this song. Go to track two. It's slow. Something. Panic and worry. I knew I was busted. But you know what my dad did? He said, son, I'm going to tell you something. You have no business listening to that music. Amen. It's no good for you and it will do nothing but drive wedges between you and your God. And you have no business listening to it. And I will not allow it in my home. Say what? You're, you're taking a... Why? And this rage and this anger comes up in me. And you know what that is? That's 
the nature of man. I want to do it my way, the way I think I should do it in my timing. That is Winston Parrish's nature in a nutshell. But I've got news for you today. Sometimes even Christians, people who love the Lord, who belong in the fold in the first place, get a little restless, they get a little weary, and they start looking on what's outside of the sheepfold past the boundaries and limitations that God has set up naturally through His Word. And you start looking over and go and say, oh, I'm missing something. I, I, I don't drink. I don't party. I, what do, I'm missing something. And, and really, if you're not careful, you'll get to a place where you're so worried about what's going on outside the sheepfold that you'll stop enjoying being in God's will. And some of the sheep even get so bold and so restless that they say, you know what? I'm tired of being behind the door. I'm going to step over the door and go out into my own will the way I want to do it. And what you're actually doing as a Christian is you are standing over and then stepping over the Lamb of God, Jesus Christ, who set these boundaries, who set these limitations in your life. And you're saying, I don't care what you want. I don't care that you died for my life. I don't care that you are the door. I'm going to supply my own plan, my own will, and I'm going to go against everything you've told me to do in your word. And if I assess as a pastor what COVID-19 has done to the family of faith, it's this, we've gotten so close to the edge. So many people have allowed this time, instead of growing in faith, they've allowed fear to take over. Instead of getting in God's Word, they've forgotten what it is to be in His will. And look on your screen, what you don't realize, and that picture is also in your handout, is right outside the door. You don't know what could be 35 feet in front of you. It could be the greatest cliff. It could be a snare. It could be a trap. It could be the enemy ready to literally kill you and rob you of all your joy and your marriage and your peace and your money and your testimony and everything you've built with your life, the enemy is ready to take it from your hands. The problem is it doesn't belong to you in the first place. It belongs to God who gave it to you. And the question is, where are you today with your boundaries and your limitations? Not set up by your pastor. Not set up because it says Baptist on the sign, but because thus saith the Lord in His holy word. There is powerful protection for all of us. And sometimes the greatest protection we need is from ourselves. Limitations and boundaries. Little sheep, as we've been told all of our lives, Pastor Donnie, well, all my life, that sheep have poor vision. They can't see. 30 feet at the most. The younger ones that are healthy. 30 feet. And if you're not careful, you'll start chasing things that do not matter in life. I've got to have a bigger house. I have to have more money. I have to have more money in my retirement account. I need a new truck, a new car. I need better Instagram pictures. I need more likes, more comments. I need more when really inside the fold is perfect peace and powerful protection. The, the third thing I see, you have the perfect peace. You have the powerful protection. Now what's wonderful about that peace and protection is that it's personal provision. It's personal provision. Verse 10 of this chapter says, I've come that they may have life more abundantly. I've come that they may have life more abundantly. 
I've not come to constrict them and choke the life out of them. I've come so they can have more. I've come so that you can have more, not less. And if you think there's more outside of God's will, if you think there's better outside of His plan for your life, I'm afraid that the cost is greater than you are willing to pay. There is always a price to pay for stepping over the door and going to look for provision in your own power. If you go get it yourself, then you'll reap the reward right then and there, and that'll be it. But if you'll stay in God's will and fight the battle, look, go back to the sheepfold picture, please, the top image. Go back to that picture. If you look at that picture, notice that the sheepfold is open There's no covering. When it rains, you're going to get wet. When it snows, you're going to get cold. When it's hot, you're going to be hot. This is not perfect life that we're talking about. This is not health and wealth. There are people in this room, you will not be alive next year because of illness. Think about that. But there is still perfect peace in knowing who Jesus is. And there is powerful protection. Now it gets personal. And it's personal provision. I don't have to go to my daddy, my granddaddy, my pastor, my priest. I can get on my knees and talk to God personally. I have personal access to the door. I've got the code. I know where it's at. And every single time he will answer, it's personal for you. Teenagers, listen to the words coming out of my mouth. This culture wants you to think that your mommy and your daddy are crazy. They want you to think that your preacher is crazy and a hateful bigot and that this book is a lie and that it's a joke. I've got news for you today. It's real, it's powerful, and it's for you. It's personal provision. Stop looking at Instagram for your life source and get in this book. You'll never ever go hungry again. You'll never wonder what your identity is supposed to be. It's right here. There's personal provision for all of us in the door, the person of Jesus Christ. Say His name with me. Jesus Jesus, not Muhammad, not Buddha, not myself. Jesus, there's personal provision. The problem is instead of going to the prime rib supper, we're going to the pig trough and complaining that we're still hungry. There is a vast wealth of beautiful things for your life. But will you go and get in the fold? Are you so consumed with what's going on outside the fold that you're going to miss life and wake up and be 30 years old or 40 years old or 70 years old and say, man, I wish I'd have spent more time back in the fold. It's not worth it. Jesus said, I came that you could have life more abundantly. Not more money. Not more fame. Not perfect health. Perfect peace powerful protection and a personal walk with Him. He loves you. Look at John 3.16. Don't ever let that verse become cliche. Mitchell, don't ever let this verse become just another verse. Look at the verse on the screen. John 3.16. For God, who is supreme in power, so loved, so loved the world that He gave as a gift His only begotten Son that whosoever believeth 
in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. That's life more abundantly. For God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him, there it is again, through him might be saved. There is passionate pursuit, lastly, for your life. Perfect peace, power for protection, personal provision, and possibly the greatest thing on this list. Passionate pursuit. If you belong to God and you're out of His will, He will convict you. If you have sin in your life that is hidden and secret, you can't hide it from God. He'll come after you. He'll... Listen to me. It's part of the total package of belonging to Jesus. You'll let something come out of your mouth and instantly something will hit you. It's not you. That's the Holy Spirit of God saying you know better. You ought to say different. You ought to act different. You have no business thinking that or being there. That's part of the package of being a Christian. It's one of the most wonderful things about being saved is that I can't do it in my own power. I can't. There's nothing inside of me, John, that's good enough to make it work. But when I get on my knees at the door and I say, Jesus, I need all the things that you have to offer me and my beautiful wife and my family. Father, in Jesus' name, would you help me? He'll answer every time. He is the door. And He is the great I Am. The first I Am. The door. And really, here's where we are. There's two, there's two types of people here today. The first type of person, you've been saved You've been born again and you belong to Jesus. That's the first type of person. If you're here today and that's you, I'm so thankful that you are. But the truth is, sometimes sheep get distracted. Sheep get into a place that is closer to the door than they maybe even realize. Maybe you're here today and things you would not have said a year ago, you're allowing yourself to say today. Maybe in this past few months, you have come to a place where you're allowing things to creep in that maybe even six months ago you would have never done. Maybe it's that you are in a place of great burden. Maybe you've got a family member that's breaking your heart who's out of the fold, who's never been in the fold. Maybe you need to get closer inside the fold and get close to the door on the inside. Quit being on the threshold on the outside. Come in and find peace and comfort in the person of Jesus Christ. Jesus is wonderful. Jesus is magnificent. Jesus is so kind. Think about Him. Think about Jesus. I don't have the life experience to look at you and tell you what all is going to happen and how it's going to pan out. I can't tell you with any surety what's going to happen on Tuesday. But I've got great news, Brother Mark. The door is still there. He's still there. And there's more for us than we could ever imagine in the person of Jesus Christ. And over the next seven weeks, we are going to dive in to God's Word. We are going to dive into the person of Jesus Christ and we're going to grow and go. We've got to. 
It's the only hope we have. Every head bowed, every eye closed. The invitation is very simple this morning. As I've already mentioned, maybe you're here today and you know that there are things in your life that don't belong in your life. You're out of God's will. Maybe there's some sin in your life, some things you need to change, relationship issues, problems. Maybe you're here and you have worries, doubts, and fears. And you need to get back in God's will. Some of you have lost your tears and your burden for the sheep that are outside the fold. You see them out of, on the hill, out of God's will, out of the fold, but it doesn't bother you anymore. It used to. You used to weep over lost souls. You used to go to God in prayer for your lost child, your lost father, mother, but you're not there anymore. And you need your tears and your burden back. And then lastly, maybe you're here and you need the Lord. You need to do what the Bible says and believe on Him and come into the family of God. I don't know what you're dealing with today, but if you're here today and you're that first person, you need to get closer to the door. You know you're saved, but you need Jesus to do some things in your life. Would you just boldly put your hand up? Don't worry about anybody. Hands all over the building. Hands all over the building. You can put them down. Thank you for your honesty and transparency. Then my second plea would be to the people that are here today and you know that you've never been saved. You know that you've never made it right. And you need to come and do business with God and you need a Savior. Would you raise your hand anywhere in the building? Would you be man enough, woman enough to raise your hand boldly? No one's going to come to you. No one's going to embarrass you. I see that hand. Thank you for your honesty. Anyone else? I need to belong to the family of God today. Many, many hands went up. They need to come and pray. Let's stand to our feet. The altars are open. If you raise your hand that you have things in your life that you need to change, that you need God to help you with, you come and you pray. Don't be robbed of that opportunity to come and pray. The pastors are going to meet you here in the altar if you need prayer help. But if you raised your hand, Pastor Doug's going to sing. You come, get out of your seat. Don't miss an opportunity to get closer to the Lord. Hey, thank you for joining us. What a powerful message from Pastor Winston. I am the door. Oh, how we all need to draw closer to the shepherd. If you'd like someone to pray with you, you can call the church office, area code 828-254-2187 and ask to speak to one of the pastors and they will be glad to pray with you and help you and guide you on how you can become closer to the shepherd. You can also call if you'd like some information. We'd love to send you some free information about how you can draw closer to the shepherd. Just call the church office, area code 828-254-2187. I know that this series is going to be great and it's going to help you grow and go. Next week, Pastor Nathan is going to continue the thought of the shepherd as he preaches a message on I am the good shepherd. You don't want to miss it. We'll see you next week.